0: Of all the things I've dissed since we started this podcast, I feel the least concern that I'm going to get a hatred for dissing commodities brokers. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling I'm going to be okay on this one.
1: Dear Shandy. Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. <laughs> Andy.
0: Sorry, I, I couldn't help it. I had to get that out.
1: Welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Hello. How are you this morning? I'm great. You're great. Mm -hmm. How did you like episode five overall?
0: Better than four, not as good as the first three.
1: (laughs) Okay. I actually kind of liked episode five on some fronts just because I am in it for the romantic interests and... You know, we had two strong dates this week with mm-hmm. I think who we can all agree are the two clear front runners. Obviously. So it was satisfying.
0: I mean it's it's to the point where I've seen this in previous uh, previous seasons. Yeah. Where you're like, we know who's winning. Yeah. It's not we know the guy who's winning, we or the girl, the woman. <laughs> <laughs> but we know it's down to two people. Yeah. And there's no question. There's no question.
1: I like it when it's clearly between two people instead of when there's one clear winner because then you're kind of like, why am I watching this? Oh, yeah. But I also like it better when there's two versus three or four. Right. Like what two really makes things interesting.
0: Absolutely. Like anytime, if you see like an Olympic, like a hundred meter dash, it doesn't matter if they're all like neck and neck to the finish line. You want there to be some competition. You want there to be two adversaries at least. And there are two excellent adversaries in this season. Yes. But there's no question that one of them is gonna win. Yes. But that being said, it's like all of it is just such BS. Yeah. It's like, do I believe that she's gonna spend the rest of her life with Martin? Do I? Does anyone no. is there anyone watching in all of America that is like, you know what, Martin's the one. He's going He's going to the promised land with her.
1: No, and it's always fun to hear your fresh perspective on these things because I think we kind of get used to this show and we understand the landmarks that have to happen Mm -hmm. before you get to the end. But you kind of just wish, I kind of just wish she would just take Nate and Joe on dates every single week and then we'll see who she sends home. Yes. It's kind of sick, but also I would way rather watch that.
0: It's true. You're right. You're absolutely right. Foster the relationships that you know are going to last. Yeah. And just the rest, it's just like kind of like, you know, survive survivor so instagram survivor
1: instagram survivor (laughs) it's like
0: who's gonna get an extra hundred thousand followers
1: okay do you feel ready to start recapping
0: i do i do feel ready to start recapping
1: okay so episode five kicks off with the guys heading to minneapolis they're all very excited very Uh, excited we see camera footage of them en route
0: they're all They're shouting. huge, huge fans of Minneapolis, yep. all of them.
1: Yep. And then we get to see some beautiful shots of the, of the city of Minneapolis. And Andy, you were laughing the entire time. <laughs> These are some highlights of things you said during
0: mm-hmm. this segment.
1: That. They've shown that industrial waterway three times now. <laughs> that was the, the falls of St. Anthony. You said, a few tall buildings, a few more tall buildings. Can we make the city not look like shit for two seconds? <laughs> And then my favorite, the most recognizable skyline in the world. So now people from Minneapolis are going to come for you. Do you want to defend yourself?
0: I do want to defend myself. Okay. I know that Minneapolis has a lot to offer.
1: Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah.
0: No, I'm working on this. Hold on a second. <laughs> um, you would expect there to be a butt here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the butt is coming. No, but seriously, I I'm I'm just joking around. The the point here is, and to be fair, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, how many songs are written about Minneapolis? I did a little research on Minneapolis. Yeah. Very little, yeah. but a little enough so that I can defend myself to some degree. There are actually two very famous musicians, but maybe two of the most famous musicians of the last 100 years okay. who were from Minneapolis. Okay. Prince and Bob Dylan. Wow. However, there is a dearth of love songs about Minneapolis, Ooh. which I always, if I'm ever traveling through the country, I often think, how many love songs are written about this city? Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's a love song about a person in the city or a love song about the city itself. Yeah. Like there's many about New York, obviously, not to, you know, toot my own horn, but <laughs> it, it's, it's an unfair advantage. But I found only one song and then this is a brief search. I know people are gonna like, oh, there's like these other songs written in you know the '70s. I found one song that really mentioned Minneapolis prominently, and okay. this was a song by Tom Waits, okay, called "A Christmas Card from a Hooker in Minneapolis." <laughs> that being said, Minneapolis, look, Minneapolis, no question, fine city, a fine city,
1: fine city. yes. but is it a
0: city that a dozen grown men <laughs> get? like giddy about going to when they're in Palm Springs California and when people have gone on this franchise to South Korea to New Zealand <laughs> to Mexico let's just be honest here this is absurd but but Minneapolis fine city fine. a fine city yes okay a fine city okay.
1: So Michelle greets the guys and takes Joe now on this Mm one-on-one, this momentous one-on-one. Because it's always a big deal to get that one-on-one in the city where the person is from.
0: And also extremely meaningful. Yes. That she chose him. Yes. And obvious.
1: Yeah. It became very clear this week why Nate and Joe have not received one-on-ones yet. Yeah. So they drive through the city and make out in the car. Mm -hmm. And Andy, you said, she stays. You see that?
0: She stays. She
1: lingers with lingers. the kiss. Lingers. There's none yeah. of that
0: push kiss. You yeah. know, I like, to, I like to talk about the push kiss. Yes. We we'll talked about it a lot in the Andy Dorfman season. Yeah, Andy Dorfman was, was the queen of the push kiss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you come in, you go in heavy, and you come out fast. <laughs> it's like a bounce. You're almost bouncing off the lips. She's yeah. like, push.
1: Yeah. Now, that's
0: enough. She, you draw the line. Yeah. It's enough kissing. <laughs> she will stay. Yep. She wants more. For, for Joe. Overstay. Maybe more than Joe even wants. She stays in there. She stays very important to in, notice. In the kissing. Cannot be underestimated. Okay,
1: so she takes him to a Twins game at Target Stadium.
0: Is, can we talk about how ridiculous this <laughs> yeah, is? Yeah, yeah. I'm so. I obs- knew you were gonna. I have a real gripe about this.
1: I know exactly what you're gonna gripe about because is, they did. I didn't really see Target Stadium, the name come up, but when I was taking notes, I was like, I should get the name of the stadium right, and so I googled it. Target Stadium. I think we all know what target this probably is. Yeah.
0: It's not a target like a bullseye. (laughs) They're like, this is the target of sports. (laughs) I wish it was that. That would be a terrible name, but at least it would just be a name they chose. Yes. And then you have StubHub Center, Uh which was formerly the Home Depot Stadium. I mean... You've really been keeping track of these stadiums. But it's, we're talking about a step up. We're talking about a stadium named after like a, a legalized like ticket scalping website. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> when does it end?
1: No, I can relate to this. When I was young, I used to go to hockey games, Senators, Ottawa Senators yeah, hockey games yeah. with my dad at the Palladium. Yeah, and then name. it became Scotiabank oh, Place or yeah. something like that. And now it's... Oh yeah! Now it's Canadian Tire Centre.
0: Unbelievable! Yeah. So imagine you're you like telling your grandkids about yeah. the time you watched the Ottawa Senators win the Stanley Cup. And you're like, when I was your age, I watched them take home the cup at the Canadian <laughs> Tire Center.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. But anyway, I guess everyone needs a sponsor.
0: Everyone needs a sponsor. Yes. Who are we to talk? Who
1: are we to talk? So she throws the pitch and they make out on the kiss cam. Mm. And of course, we keep getting shots of the guys back at the hotel talking about how much they are probably connecting. Mm-hmm. Yes, and probably. all I, I felt bad for them thinking about all the man chats they were forced to have about mm-hmm. how much they figured Joe and Michelle were probably connecting. <laughs> so she takes Joe to her high school. She shows him her locker.
0: Yeah.
1: And Andy, you declared here that there was no way you would remember your no. locker.
0: I those, that, that day passed many years ago when I would have remembered my locker.
1: I would remember my locker bank.
0: I would have remembered my locker building. That's <laughs> all. That's all I can do.
1: Yeah, I think I would get to my locker within, like, within two or three lockers on either side.
0: That's very impressive. Makes me feel old.
1: <laughs> uh, they flip through her yearbook and she says, I feel like Joe would have been my crush in high school. Mm -hmm. And they play basketball in the gym. And you can tell they've both been looking forward to this game of basketball. And they sit and chat. And she says that he reminds her of her dad and her brother in that he's very reserved and Mm -hmm. doesn't always show his emotions. And she asks if he's always been that way. And he says his dad is even more reserved than he is. Ooh, wow. Ooh. And that's just how he was raised. reserved. And he has a lot of walls, and it's a trust thing for him, and he's working to take those down. Mm-hmm. And here we get our first word watch, and mm. Andy, it was with this word watch that we realized that our word watch word scene was a terrible choice. Terrible choice. Horrible. We chose poorly. We chose very, very, very poorly. Yeah. It was stressful because apparently... We, we, we were using it in the context of being seen, yeah, like yeah. on an emotional, personal level. Right. We didn't take into account that it's a fairly common past participle. Past
0: participle, <laughs> yes, that's right, Of yes. a, a verb. Yes. Don't do past participles of common verbs is, yeah, is the as lesson word here. watches,
1: it was a poor, poor choice. Poor choice. Yeah, not that it was used so many times, but rather that it made the word watching experience for us very stressful. It
0: takes away from the spirit. Of what the word watch is.
1: Indeed. But in this case, we heard Michelle say. I really have seen the benefits of like being
0: able to be open. Still counts.
1: Still counts, even if it was stressful for us. <laughs> and Michelle says the date feels natural and like they're on the same team. Yeah. So back at the hotel, the group date card arrives and going on this date will be Casey, Rodney, Martin, Leroy, Rick, Clayton, Olumide, Chris, and Brandon. Mm-hmm. Meaning Nate will get that second one on one. Shocking. Yeah, and now we start to see Chris play up his villain role, which I and I really say that intentionally. Can we please
0: put "villain" in quotes here? Yeah, because he I know. doesn't. He doesn't rise to a villain. He's just. He's still a dude.
1: No, he's an actor.
0: He's an actor. To me, is Chris is
1: an actor. He, like we said last week, he wants to cash in on his investment on coming on the show. Yep and the only way at this point he feels he can do that is by being on the screen for as long as possible
0: but it's impressive to me the amount of shame he is willing to endure oh, to I, get to that 100%
1: point. yes yeah,
0: i couldn't do that
1: <laughs> so chris says he feels he went out on a limb for michelle and says that he thinks everything he said fell on deaf ears and that he thinks he got the short end of the stick Obviously, we will circle back to that. So now it's the evening on that one-on-one date and they're chatting. And Andy, you said he, Joe's the only one who doesn't seem like her son.
0: A hundred percent.
1: Okay. So you say that, but at the same time, Nate is your number one.
0: Right. But there are romantic relationships where the woman is kind of the mother figure in the relationship. Oh, and those work. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. Oh,
0: but it's different because, because, and now this is, this is going to start sounding really sick, but there are <laughs> mother son kind of relationships where there's some hot romantic element there.
1: Oh, oh, totally. And actually, as we know, cause we get questions all the time for this podcast. Cause mm-hmm. again, half of this podcast is us giving relationship advice. A huge recurring theme is women feeling like they're kind of looking after mm-hmm. their Boyfriends, yes. husbands, in kind of like a mothery way that they didn't really sign up for, but it sort of became like that. Right, and so I do think that is very common, and it also makes what Martin says towards the end of this episode all the richer.
0: Yes, we'll get to we'll that. Get Let's to not. That. Ruin I don't it. want to get ahead of. But it's, it's just to tie it into what she said about Joe, how Joe reminds. So Joe is basically her father and brother. Yeah, and Nate is her son. <laughs> so it's a real family dynamic there.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Michelle over dinner says, so tell me about Joe. And now Joe reveals a pretty heartbreaking backstory, honestly. He says that sports have shaped his life, but it also has meant a lot of injuries. Mm -hmm. And he broke three bones in his leg in seventh grade. Like he's still growing.
0: Yeah, that's bad.
1: And that left his foot susceptible to further injury. Mm. And then in college, he broke his fifth metatarsal. I Googled this. It yeah. looks like a very uncomfortable it's thing to break. It's a bad
0: metatarsal to break. If you're gonna break a metatarsal, that's not the one you wanna break.
1: Are you being sarcastic?
0: No. I'm not. Oh,
1: wait, so like a first metatarsal?
0: Fifth, that, that's a common sports injury, and it's not one you want.
1: So, so. fifth versus, like, let's say you broke your let's second. Let's not get into the the f- <laughs> I, I, I'm
0: talking shit now, okay? Stop calling me on this. My point is I've heard about the fifth metatarsal okay. several times, and I know it's a bad injury.
1: Okay. So he had surgery for that injury, but the screw that was implanted there was too big, and Ugh. it ended up splitting his fifth metatarsal in half, that's completely a- shattering it. Like...
0: It's so bad. It's
1: so bad. I felt so bad. I he feel was like this, doctor, this story-
0: doctor who was listening who did it, he was like, oh, shit. I thought this was buried. I didn't uh, think this was going to come up again.
1: So he required another very intense surgery involving seven screws and a plate in his foot. I. This made me feel ill.
0: I mean, I I hope there was some sort of malpractice suit here.
1: He said he was able to get back out there, but it wasn't the same. He couldn't handle it mentally and experienced anxiety, depression, and even had suicidal thoughts.
0: I can't even imagine. Like, first, I I think based on just what I know and his general demeanor, I think Joe had potential for an NBA career. Well,
1: and you've said that actually earlier in the season, you were like, he's that- He's he's he's
0: one shade shade, below NBA, right? And it's, I, I think that that's where he was, headed. It seems like that. Yeah, I mean, he, he was the best basketball player in Minnesota. And I know Minnesota is like a basketball kind of place. And yeah. there's no question he had NBA potential. And the, the the heartbreak of spending your whole life... He was probably like... He started playing basketball when he was probably like two, mm-hmm. when he could walk. That's his whole life. Yeah. And I just... From personal experience, like I always, and this is this is really this has to be taken with a grain of salt, but I from the from when I was a little kid dreamed of being a major league baseball pitcher. Yeah. On the Yankees, I always dreamed of it. Every time I went to Yankee Stadium, I was like, I'm going to pitch here one day. I'm going to do it. I'm going to make it. And I really, you know, I was I, I never was going to be a major league pitcher.
1: But you were very good. I was good enough. Yeah. I was good. For, not not good enough yeah. for that. but Good enough in general. Yeah. For like
0: a <laughs> Jewish kid in New York City, I might as well have been Derek Jeter. But but that's not the point. But I did get, at a critical time in my career, a uh, rotator cuff injury in yeah. my right shoulder, which is like a death knell for a pitcher. And um, it was heartbreaking. Like, I was devastated. I, it, was, it was something I thought about for more, two decades. Like, to this day, yeah, sometimes like I if. still think about it. Yeah, like what if. Like, what if that it.
1: hadn't happened? I,
0: yeah, exactly. The what ifs. And I still think about it. And I really, let's be honest... I had no chance of making the major leagues. I had maybe a decent chance of being like a halfway decent college pitcher. Mm. Literally, I mean, to be to be honest. Yeah, and I can't imagine what have would have been like if I had a really legit shot. Yeah, legit, and everyone else recognized that of pitching for the Yankees. And that yeah, to the to point me. where
1: you won awards and were the best in your state. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, I can only imagine, like, I know people are like, oh, whatever, it's, it's just sports. sports. What if you yeah. lost your you know, mother? No, or your-
1: to me, I, I know what you mean. Like, uh, at a glance, this could be like, oh, it's just sports, no. big deal. But actually, to me, this story was about a lost dream.
0: It's a, it's his whole, his, it defined him. Yeah, it was, this as he said, he was. ball
1: was life and that life was gone. Yeah. And he says, I've always had such high standards and I didn't feel like I was still there. That would be heartbreaking to feel like you could once do something and then couldn't anymore. And it was just breaking me down too much that I mentally knew I wasn't in a good place. And then here he starts to cry and then laughs and says, thanks for asking. Hmm. I mean, I didn't think I could like Joe anymore. And I, it was, my heart broke for him here. Again, it's about the lost dream. It's more than just sports. It's about what you had envisioned for your future. And as Michelle says in her response here, it's about being it, having it taken away from you before you're ready. Because everyone knows they're not going to do this their entire life. Right. You have maybe 15 years where you can do this. Yeah. It's short-lived and it's so difficult to get to that level and to spend so much of your life investing in it, to have it taken away from you for something that Feels exterior.
0: The death of a dream.
1: The death of a dream. Tragic. He said that all the rehab was another mental hurdle, and it took away from the rest of his life. So he decided to focus on what would make him happy outside of basketball. And he said so much of his identity was had been wrapped up in it. He was like, "Who am I at this point?" Oof. Uh, Michelle is she's just a wonderful listener. I love mm. how she responds to you know when guys do give her. Their backstories like this. She finds a way to relate, but without making it about her.
0: Uh, And this one is particularly relatable. Yeah, you do
1: get the sense that she has an idea of what he's been through, even if she herself has not been through it. And she says that he got through a battle not many people know about, but he did that. He did get through it. Mm -hmm. She focuses on that. And she says she's proud of him for trusting her. And she gives him the rose. And I got to say, they're kissing after this. It was like i was i was very moved i was totally pin drop silent you saw me i was like
0: (laughs) i completely am with you i actually felt like it was inappropriate for me to be watching that it felt so intimate and intense that i felt it was almost like pornography in in a good way
1: yeah no i know what you mean emotional pornography yeah because you don't get the sense that joe went here lightly
0: no like this was is, not an wait, act he was like no. oh i'm gonna pull out my sob yeah, story now, now and really time. make yeah. it to the finish line he was yeah. just like all right i gotta tell this story i don't like talking about it but here we go mm-hmm. and this is not a guy who likes to you know tell sob stories you can no. tell he keeps it in he yes. keeps it in and 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 oh man this was, ooh, this was some passion passion ooh, that kiss <laughs> uncomfortable i was uncomfortable. With how passionate and intense that kiss was.
1: He says his favorite quote is, the best things in life are on the other side of fear. A great I had never quote. heard that. I loved that. He says this whole experience has been fearful, but he feels really comfortable with Michelle. And then they go and ride a Ferris wheel. Mm-hmm. And Michelle says today was the most powerful, special, perfect stars aligning date I've ever been on.
0: Hmm, wow. Wow. I believe it.
1: I was deeply moved by this entire date yeah. from beginning to end. So now we have the group date and the guys meet Michelle at another stadium. I didn't catch the name of this stadium. It's another corporation. It.
0: Just name it. This <laughs> is the the AT&T. The, <laughs> yeah. I mean there is an AT&T stadium.
1: Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, you laugh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it's the uh, the Verizon Center. It, yeah, the the Facebook there's a Facebook. No. I'm. I'm pretty sure there's a. Well, Facebook. now
1: it would be meta.
0: Meta, the meta stadium. It's not a real. It's maybe a stadium. <laughs> it might be. It sometimes is a stadium. Sometimes maybe just in your imagination.
1: <laughs> so the guys expect that this will be a football date, which is reasonable considering yeah. it does appear to be a football stadium. But instead, three Vikings emerge, and the focal point, of course, on the date is the men making special moments with Michelle. Mm-hmm. And we get a tiny bit of tension between Olumide and Chris uh, throughout the date. Mm-hmm. And Chris has a couple of sort of cringy moments. It's what's funny about Chris is I can't tell whether they would be cringy without the music and without him being a villain in other ways. like it could end up being goofy, but, for example, he throws the log. Everyone has to throw a log, and then after he throws it, he's like, "It's the furthest one. It's the furthest one." And I just was like, "Oh, stop!" Yeah. But maybe in a different context, he'd be like, "Oh, haha, that's funny." I, I don't know. The, I think
0: the general feel of Chris for this episode is that he's moping hard. It's a mope. It's a long mope.
1: Yeah, but entitled moping an
0: entitled mope
1: yes like moping yes. alone is fine but entitled moping but
0: moping is not attractive
1: sure but it's not unto itself poor behavior you right. can mope it's just bad for for you but right. when you're moping in a way that's like why aren't you coming to me mi-
0: it's not a legitimate moping, <laughs> moping. It's, it's not a warranted moping no. it's an entitled moping you're yeah. right there's a difference
1: so the men now change into their Viking outfits and run out roaring. And this was funny. They were like, ah. And then they think they're probably going to throw axes or something. And instead, they're met with a table with food but, on it. By the
0: way, I just want to just, just for, I know people are thinking about this. Do you know what the name of the um, Minnesota football team is? Vikings. Oh, you did know that? Yeah. Oh, never mind.
1: Wait, were you trying to catch I me? I was going
0: to try to catch you in a funny, embarrassing moment. <laughs>
1: Why would you do that? Did you know
0: what the name of the Minnesota football team was before this date?
1: No, of course not. No. Well, I know based on their reaction when she was like, oh, here come the Vikings. And the guys were like, what?
0: Oh, yeah. That was a good giveaway. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you wanted to humiliate me like that. No, no.
0: It would been a cute humiliation. Very cute. Understandable.
1: Okay. So the men now have to eat Viking food.
0: Yeah, this is real strange <laughs>
1: Including fermented herring, which Andy you were very interested in.
0: I'm okay with fermented herring.
1: Andy's into all types of fish. I like fish. You like I fish? Like-
0: herring herring is a good fish really to be honest herring is best in the pickled form
1: so the guys are struggling with the food here and chris repeatedly says i don't think i can do this i don't really there was really no stakes though it wasn't like if you don't eat this you can't xyz
0: yeah i think it would have been pretty easy to not eat it
1: chris calls the food disgusting and then we have arm wrestling where olumide beats chris rodney Mm. beats brandon clayton beats martin And then Clayton is crowned the best Viking. And I was left scratching my head as to like what other activities were done here. I don't understand. Like it's not like they had to eat the food and then it was just arm wrestling. I think it's because Clayton looks like
0: a Viking. (laughs) I I I mean, if I had to pick a Viking, say like one of these guys is a Viking, I'd pick Clayton.
1: True. He does look the most Viking-like. Yeah, I mean, he's a Viking. He is. But yeah, I found this date a little, what's the word I'm looking for? Not seen through.
0: I, I think that you're really overanalyzing the, <laughs> the, the level of, of detail that went into choosing the best Viking. Okay. But, but I think it's safe to say that if anyone in that line of folks has Viking in their lineage, it's probably Clayton.
1: That is probably true. And Michelle says the guys have made an effort to interact with her throughout the day. Isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. So now it's the evening. Michelle looks amazing. Yes. And her embellished green dress... She looked gorgeous and she toasts them and thanks them for making small moments with her. Mm. I like that small moments. Mm. I'm going to adopt
0: that underappreciated.
1: Yes. Okay. So now Clayton gets his one-on-one time. We're finally getting to see a little Clayton because we've all been wondering, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what about Clayton? I just not look beyond his name being Clayton, beyond the fact that he was a college football player and beyond the fact that he's, White, yeah, (laughs) tall, white, and conventionally attractive. We're Mm -hmm. kind of wondering, why Clayton?
0: Yeah. You know? Exactly. And we see a little bit of why Clayton, but not really. (laughs) (laughs) We still don't really know why Clayton.
1: Well, yeah. She says he seemed really present that day, and he admits he's hypercritical of himself. Mm -hmm. And he asks if she's always been so confident, and she says she has her parents to thank. And they agree that their parents have taught them so much. My favorite part is when Clayton says, "My parents have taught me so much and like they're important." <laughs> That's verbatim.
0: This this conversation was oozing, <laughs> dripping, melting with non-romance.
1: I agree. I'm yeah. not buying chemistry here.
0: I just want to make a, a blanket statement about this this show, this franchise in general, when yeah. you have these one-on-one conversations, where they're talking endlessly about the details of their connection yeah. or why there's a connection, yeah, it's inversely... Or it's like kind of
1: interview-like. It's like, have you always been so confident? Right, right. Like, it's... did your parents also teach you the
0: ways? It is inversely proportionate to the romantic connection, how much you talk about the building blocks of said romantic connection. Yeah,
1: I agree with Show,
0: that. Show, don't tell is the real heart of what you need to see on a show like this. Yeah. If there's a lot of tell without the show, it's probably <laughs> bullshit.
1: So with Clayton, and we're going to talk about him being Bachelor for a second. I personally think that he was pegged as the next Bachelor very early on.
0: I think he was pegged as the next Bachelor like when he went through puberty. <laughs> yeah. They're like, that guy, seven years.
1: Yeah, I just feel like we know historically that this happens on seasons not Mm -hmm. every season but often it's like this we think this might be our next bachelor bachelorette that happened on my season I know that a couple people were pegged for that and it worked out for some and not for others obviously But in this case, I wouldn't be surprised if Michelle knows already that he is in the running and she's required to keep him around. It's not that I don't think she likes him. It's just that we've really seen very little of an actual romantic connection here.
0: There's zero chemistry. Zero. Zero. Like shockingly zero. It's near they're false. They're both seemingly fine human beings. I'm just saying there is nothing there.
1: Totally. So they make out. And now it's Brandon's one-on-one time. She feeds him Swedish fish. And Andy, here you groaned. And he says he's really invested in her and she makes him feel so good. And Andy, here you said, she just likes kissing him. She likes his face.
0: Agreed. You agree with I yourself? I agree with myself. <laughs> yeah, I'm right again.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I have a hard time really buying this from a like equal playing field perspective. Yeah. I I agree with you. I think that she's attracted to him. They have good chemistry, but I'm not really buying the cerebral connection.
0: He's her her short-term boy toy on this season.
1: (laughs) And now we start to see some of the dynamics with the men. Casey reveals Chris did not step up to make an effort with Michelle during Mm -hmm. the date. And there's a weirdly edited man chat now, and it's pretty heavy-handed with the tense villain music. Olumide says to Chris, after the stunt you pulled, the vibe was different. And then Chris seems to nod knowingly here. It's just weirdly edited. Like, I feel like they're trying to condense anything remotely non-harmonious into a tense exchange. Again,
0: weak villain.
1: Weak villain.
0: Weak villain.
1: Yes. And here it's mostly just Chris looking around and suddenly he stands and walks out of the room. Again, I, I wish I could describe that scene in a more efficient and eloquent way, but that mm. really is just how it played out. Yes. Uh, back at the hotel, Joe reads Nate his
0: date card. I, I, I have to say, I, <laughs> I want to say something you were going to step here. in here. They, these two are fine adversaries. They fine. both respect each other. Think about, put yourself in their shoes for a second. They're both vying, not only... Romantically for the same woman but let's be honest for a very big cash prize <laughs> seriously
1: because Michelle too is shaped like money
0: yeah that's right <laughs> like Katie she is was. a like in the in the old like you know Looney Tunes cartoon she is a walking dollar sign yes. like on the beach yes but you can make case the prize here is bigger than any game show on earth financially. And romantically, yes. And yet, there's this camaraderie. They're like, "Hey, you know what? We're both confident guys. One of us is going to get it. We don't really know who it is, but we we're good. <laughs> like we are. Those are good adversaries. I like the dynamic between the two of them.
1: It's so juicy that it's really the two of them, and no one else is even in the picture. And they know it. They you they think have they to don't know it. know it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They
0: know it. And and I want to repeat again if it hasn't been made clear enough. No one has any chance of winning this season except Joe or Nate. Zero. No
1: one's arguing Absolutely
0: with you. <laughs> zero. Yeah. What Rodney's going to be, come on. <laughs> uh, and by the way, Rodney's fantastic.
1: Oh, yeah, Rodney, we like Rodney. You
0: know what Rodney has elevated? He's elevated himself from the guy. Remember, I called him like the, the low-level bodyguard who gets yeah. killed. Like, he is now the right-hand man of a complicatedly maybe endearing lead villain of the action movie uh-huh. who in the very end, I mean really in the last 15 minutes, gets killed and you feel bad for him. But yeah. he's about to get killed. He's right there. He's <laughs> about to be trying to save his guy, going out with both guns blazing, and he's gonna get he's he's about to get shot a lot. Rodney's done. But that's not my point. <laughs> my point is is no one that thinks that anyone's winning this Agreed. Except Joe and Nate. In,
1: and including Joe and Nate.
0: Including Joe it's, and Nate. And that's why I love the dynamic. They're playful. They respect each other. They're confident. Yeah. They're like, may the best man win. It's like an old school. It's like one of those, like, old school, like sword duels. It's like, may the best man win. You it's, know, it's an honorable fight. It's I rare. love it. And you notice there's never any ITM. They couldn't get one drop of ITM about Joe and or Nate talking shit about the yeah, other one. true. Not even semi shit. Yeah. Not even something close to shit. Yeah. Not even mildly digested food. Which, Nothing.
1: Which makes me like both of them even more.
0: Yeah. That's the other
1: thing is that I really like both of them.
0: You know, the way to be liked on this show, always take the high road. Whether you do well or not, take the high road. If there's ever a fork in the road, take the high road. You know a great example
1: actually is Will. Will's a great example because he took the high road in a way that we were able to see and it made us love him. Yes. And be very sad when he went home. Right. But actually it turns out, based on what you guys are telling us, we haven't actually seen the tweets, but he has some sort of... Not great.: Yeah, not great Twitter history, but it's funny how taking the high road, that single action of him yes. not blowing that thing with Peter out of proportion made us like him so much more. Yep. Anyway, you're you right. lose. OK, so back on the date, Chris seems pissed and is quietly chatting with Martin now. Mm. Martin seems to be friends with a lot of villains. you notice that?
0: I wonder why.
1: <laughs> Martin gives Chris the excellent advice. Of you can't be prideful, you can't be insecure, you can't be jealous.
0: Best advice I've heard anyone give anyone on The Bachelor, ever.
1: I don't know if he takes his own advice.
0: No, he doesn't. It's irrelevant. You don't have to practice what you preach.
1: Nope. And there's a montage of all the guys having one-on-one time while Chris talks in his ITM about wanting to talk to her and kind of acting entitled, like she should be seeking him out. (laughs) And he says he has put himself out there for her more than he normally would. And I wrote yikes yeah because if this is you doing more than you normally would
0: Mm. rough stuff happening here
1: so michelle now returns to the group and asks if someone's missing and then chris suddenly scurries (laughs) in he was too busy talking shit in his itm he's
0: really working for himself
1: she says they're going to wrap up the evening and now chris raises his eyebrows and mouths wow Mm -hmm. i gotta say he really reeks of entitlement and privilege yeah and like he thinks he's above being there
0: it's ridiculous.
1: He's very unattractive. I'm not a fan. No. And Andy, you said also, why does he think he earned being special? He thinks this is transactional. Yeah. And that's a good point. It's like, oh, I put myself out on a limb. I did this. She didn't ask him to do any of that. Let's say it is transactional. She did not ask for you to to give a speech on her behalf to report about guys in the house. She doesn't owe you anything.
0: It's absurd. It's like this, this show is about like you do, you scratch my bag, I scratch yours. Yes. That's how you win the bathroom. Well,
1: especially since so obviously the reason he did that at all was to get airtime, to be an 11th hour villain, as we talked about last week, simply to get more airtime. It was f- self-serving.
0: Well, that's the thing. It's almost like it's so absurd what he thinks he deserves for what he did that I started thinking, is this his strategy? Like, has he thought of this? He's like, I'm going to be this guy. And then I'm like, Who would want to be that guy even to get somewhere? Like, why would anyone do that? So then I think to myself, maybe this is real. Maybe (laughs) he has decided that he's done for and he should do something special to become a villain or get more Instagram followers. I get that. Yeah. But I think his methods have become real. I think this is actually him.
1: I'm going to stay firmly in my original camp, which is I think he's just doing everything for airtime. It's just too unbelievable.
0: So he has no shame.
1: I think he has no shame.
0: Or he has no self-awareness. He thinks that what he's doing is not going to be seen by America as being shameful. No,
1: I think that, I don't think he's a dumb guy. I think he is at this point just maximizing on this experience. He's like, well, I know I'm probably going to go home any day now. He has known that for a while. And he's like, well, what can I do? Like formulaically. Right. To stay, to get the maximum seconds on the screen, so
0: everything is tailored to going out with a bang for him. Then it becomes like a meta thing. Like if you're judging him based on his actions, you're judging incorrectly. You should judge him based on the incentive. (laughs) (laughs) So now I don't know. Like, am I because we're gonna we're gonna pick apart all his actions and why he sucks in every way and what he's doing? Pick
1: apart both.
0: I feel like it's binary. You either have to say, okay, he's doing all this to make a splash. Yeah. In which case you can't judge what he's doing. You have to judge the, the um, motivation. Or you say he's actually, it's now entangled. Like he was starting to do this to make a splash, but now it's become actually his real personality. Like he's enveloped himself in it. I, I, I'm co- conflicted about this because I refuse to believe that Chris sucks this much. It's so shitty. Well, you're
1: getting me thinking now. Maybe... Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, thinking that he's really in on it. Maybe this
0: really is his personality. I'm thinking it's a little bit of both. I'm thinking that he started that the speech he gave. No question. Yeah. Was he was, was grabbing onto yeah, that yeah. last yeah. lifeboat that, on the as Titanic? He called it the driftwood.
1: Yeah. He was like, Yeah, got it.
0: it's it. He got the last piece. <laughs> he he fought off an old lady. He was like, Get yeah. out of here, bitch! <laughs> and he got that last piece of driftwood. But now I'm starting to think that some of this stuff is real. And I'm almost giving him the benefit of the doubt by saying that because no one could have so little shame as to make themselves look this bad without partially actually making it come from a real place. Anyway, let's move on.
1: <laughs> I'm I, exhausted. After I'm, that. I,
0: I can't, I'm done. I can't recap anymore. OK,
1: <laughs> Okay. so Michelle gives Clayton the group date roast. And in Chris's ITM, he acts like Michelle owes him and should be thanking him. Yeah. And Casey, meanwhile, says, I'm fearful of another performative display. I love that this is the role Casey now plays.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Casey has become slowly entering the James category. Yeah, yeah, the
1: narrator. The
0: narrator, yes.
1: So now it's Nate's one-on-one and they meet at Lake Minnetonka. She boats over to him Mm -hmm. and says that her dream is to have a house on this lake one day.
0: The nice house, by the way, they show. Is that yeah. just some random house? I think
1: it was just some random house, yeah. But the entire, it's a beautiful place. It looks beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. beautiful.
0: The yeah. lake, let me tell you, I, I will say, yeah. if there's one thing that Minnesota has, yeah. it's tremendous lakes.
1: Yes. The best lakes best in lake town. I had, you can't
0: find better lakes anywhere.
1: I was having Lake Envy. It was yeah. beautiful.
0: Yeah. So just not totally dissing on Minneapolis. <laughs> Great lakes. Although I don't know if the lakes are in Minneapolis. they no, more like Lake Minnetonka
1: is outside of Minneapolis. Yeah, so
0: again, Minneapolis is lacking the lakes as well. <laughs> just saying.
1: She's joined by her best friends, Allie and Tia. And here we have word watch number two. Michelle says, I ended up in these relationships where I was all in, where I wasn't necessarily getting the same back. Allie and Tia, they've seen that.
0: Mm. The most
1: stressful word watch of all time.
0: Again, not related to the the, the spirit of the word watch, but still the word.
1: No, we learned a big lesson using this week's word. Don't
0: use verbs that are generic. (laughs)
1: Yeah. So, Allie and Tia interrogate Nate now about right reasons and house mm. dynamics. And this conversation is very awkward in my opinion.
0: Can I just say one thing? In my experience, these two girls, cock blockers.
1: Oh my God, a bobby pin just fell out of my hair.
0: They fall out all the time. I see bobby pins <laughs> lying all over the floor constantly. It's kind to of the point where I don't even say anything anymore. There was a time <laughs> where I was like, can you please pick up your bobby pins? <laughs> Now, every day, part of my day's routine is picking up bobby pins and putting them back in your bobby pin cup. <laughs> <laughs> Do you just not care? Do you just like a bobby pin no, falls I out and you're like, ah, "No, I'm I."
1: you know what? It's always with good intentions. I'm like, I'm going to get that later.
0: No, I don't think you think And that.
1: sometimes you don't want to get it because there's a time later where you see it and you're like, actually, I could use that. I'm glad that I never took that back to the cup.
0: Wait, so you're saying that it's good to have bobby pins lying everywhere in the house? Just like so that if you're every, here
1: or there. You never know when it might come in handy.
0: But you have a lot of bobby pins in the place where you keep bobby pins.
1: I know, but once in a while, you don't want to go upstairs to the bobby pin cup. You just are down here and you're like, oh, sweet, there's a bobby pin.
0: So in that case, why don't you just leave everything you need all over the house all the time? <laughs> everywhere. This, I mean, it's I don't, not don't, a bad idea. This doesn't add up. <laughs> okay. So. Pick up your bobby pins. <laughs>
1: So I found this conversation kind of awkward. Uh, They pretty much forced him to bring up the having it in the bag Mm -hmm. stuff. And he rightly says he knows there's something with Michelle and therefore he knew a day was coming.
0: Totally reasonable.
1: Yep. And Michelle reveals here that there was a moment when they first had a conversation about really liking each other. And he walked away and she said she got choked up. Mm. i thought this was pretty meaningful yeah. mm-hmm. and she says she feels that nate got her friend's approval at the end of this yeah yeah we interrupt this program to bring you an important message mm. about our new bed sheets we're still obsessed with our cozy earth sheets
0: <sighs> i i don't i want I, I want to be serious here for a second okay i sweat yes. when i sleep
1: yeah, I feel like it's hard to emphasize this enough without getting too graphic and like showing photos. I can,
0: it's a disaster.
1: I'll put it this way. In the past, sheets have gotten yellowed.
0: Yes, this is probably too much information, but we have to make this point. I stopped sweating on a dime with these yes. sheets. And I mean, no sweat. Yep. I wake up dry as a bone, Yeah, and I smell better in the morning. <laughs> I'm kind of bummed out that I'm just finding out about this. Like, where were these sheets my whole life of sweating in the bed?
1: Yeah, cozy earth. They have it figured out. <sighs> also, worth mentioning, their sheets are made with 100% viscose from bamboo, so they're more sustainable. Yep. They're super silky. The silkiness cannot be overstated.
0: And I am going to display some not overstated silkiness in my Lounge yeah, you, wear. you love those. They're really soft. Show me more comfort than this, I guess, and I'll buy it. That's, that's where that's going. I'll buy it. This is amazing. It's so comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's so. It's like this is, I don't, I'm not a pajama guy, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, until you met me.
0: Until I met you. Yeah, you yeah. love pajamas. But yeah. these are the pajama I never had yep. that I always would have worn. Yep. There's a decent grammar in there.
1: Yeah, very good.
0: But here they are, and they're delightful. (laughs) They're just absolutely wonderful.
1: Yeah, so we're a big fan of Cozy Earth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, big fans.
1: A real rave review over here. And now our listeners, the Shandys, can save a whopping 35% off not only bedding, but loungewear as well. Go to CozyEarth.com and enter our promo code SHANDY to save 35%.
0: So hurry, that's 35% off. At CozyEarth.com, enter code Shandy, CozyEarth.com.
1: Back at the house, Chris is saying that Michelle's infatuation with Nate overshadows anything anyone else could Mm -hmm. tell her. And he says, once again, that his warning fell on deaf ears. Mm -hmm. And he says he feels played. And Andy, you said he played himself.
0: Sure thing.
1: I'm almost just not wanting to even talk about Chris, even though it's impossible, but... Well, I don't he's like... forced it upon us. Yeah, I, he's just not fun to talk about.
0: He's not interesting. He's
1: not interesting. Like we said last week, you're right. He has doesn't have charisma. He doesn't have the charisma to be an entertaining or captivating villain.
0: Yeah, he's a commodities broker.
1: <laughs> is that a diss on commodities brokers?
0: This is what I will say. Of all the things I've dissed since we started this podcast, I feel the least concern that I'm going to get a hatred for dissing commodities brokers. <laughs> okay. I have a feeling I'm going to be okay on this one.
1: Okay. So now it's the evening and Nate and Michelle talk about past relationships mm-hmm. and Nate says he's learned he needs open communication. <laughs> really uh, off the off the beaten path yes. conversation here.
0: Yes. Wild stuff.
1: He says he needs someone to call him out on his bullshit. Mm hmm. And he says that he strives to be in a relationship where he can be a big kid.
0: Can I just say, can we stop bleeping shit when someone says bullshit? Is I, I think we've gotten to the point where we're okay. <laughs> I think America has accepted bullshit as the uh, non-swear word. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's over. Let's stop this.
1: Oh, you mean bullshit? But shit is different.
0: Uh, even shit, but, but in the context of bullshit. It's so irrelevant. It's so unoffensive. It's so common. Everyone says bullshit. And you're talking about a show where they're showing very intimate, occasionally overtly sexual situations, which of course I have no issue with, but America does in general. Let's be honest. (laughs) I mean, they show movies that are PG-13, show a guy getting his head blown off, but God forbid you see a nipple. It's like the end of the world. Let's stop it. Bullshit is a word. It's a word that should be not bleeped. I'm tired of it. Just say bullshit.
1: (laughs) So Nate says he strives to be in a relationship where he can be a big kid. And he's had a relationship before where his inner child was gone and he didn't recognize himself. I got to say, I now having found the kind of relationship where I feel like we both get to be kids with each other realize how important that is and it's how so important I can't believe I almost ended up in relationships where I didn't have that.
0: I think the only place where your inner child should really shine is in the relationship. I think that's the place where it belongs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah because you everyone wants to be a kid again. And so why not be able to act like a kid with your partner? It's great. What a luxury.
1: <laughs> so she says she relates to what he's saying and reveals that in a past three year relationship, she got really ill And it turned out to be the toxic, anxiety-inducing relationship. And she didn't realize it until she was out of it. Mm -hmm. And he says he can't believe someone would take advantage of the kind of person she is. And here we have our third word watch. Michelle says... That's why when I talk about being seen...
0: Finally a relevant one.
1: Yes. She says that that experience taught her to never again enter a relationship where what she was putting in wasn't reciprocated. Mm And back at the house, we hear villain music, and we see Chris get into a car to come and bombard their date. Back on the date, Michelle says, today was one of my favorite dates. And he says, like ever. And she says, yes. And here we have our fourth word watch. Chris said, she said she wants somebody to make her feel seen and show up. And now we have intense music as Chris makes his way towards a date. He asks to speak with her for a moment. And Andy, you said, that's hilarious. Producers are such assholes. It's so true. Yeah, this was not one hundred percent Chris's doing. No, and Nate's expression here is amazing. He says weird. You know what I love? Nate's words are just there's something a little passe Canadian. about them in the in the best way.
0: He's he's it's that Canadian
1: something. It's the
0: the, the Winnipeg spice, is kind of, the Canadian yeah. spice. Yeah, it's just like sort of deep old-fashioned like really unoffensive yeah i love it i love it I love love Canadians. he's just like weird yeah it's <laughs> the exact right word yeah it's not offensive he's not like saying asshole asshole is always the word that he could have used instead of all of these words he's used mm-hmm. it's, it's asshole right. yeah but instead he chooses dweeb and weird yeah. i love it <laughs> Nate's great. It's great
1: so michelle agrees to speak with chris And they go and have a chat and he says he feels insecure being there and he was disappointed he didn't get the chance to speak with her on the group date. (laughs) Which is rich because there's no way he didn't have that opportunity. There were not that many people on that group date. I think there were only eight of them.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Eight or nine of them. Mm -hmm. Like I just don't. Come on. No, I don't buy it. He he clearly wanted her to come to him and thank him.
0: Yeah, he felt he was owed. Again,
1: assuming he is authentic in those feelings. And this is not, as you said, all part of his brand scheme. yeah. yeah. It's, it, there comes a point where it's like, which scenario are we analyzing? Okay, so he says he felt played by the rose ceremony the week prior. And he tried to warn her, but she kept prioritizing Nate. This conversation is very strangely and choppily edited, if I'm mm-hmm. honest. But we get the gist. Yeah. She says she was caught off guard by his behavior at the rose ceremony because he spoke for her and he accuses her of putting a fake smile on and being fake with him. And she says that as a female and a female of color, there are lots of situations where people speak for her and she is not heard Mm. and that she can speak for herself and make her own decisions. Again, weird editing. It kind of felt like he was accusing her of being fake and then her response felt like it was to something else entirely.
0: Yeah.
1: Anyway, she says they're not on the same page and cannot see this relationship progressing, and sends him home.
0: I always find it humorous when a guy, especially on this show, when a guy tries, to, and this this goes for any situation, okay, man, woman, child, whatever it is, to argue yourself into someone loving you, to argue with someone like you should love me for these reasons.
1: Yeah, again, assuming that he is sincere.
0: Assuming, but we have to assume. Yeah. Otherwise, the the whole show is a farce. I yeah, mean, yeah. we have to make a qualification for every single scene. My point is, is that never you, no one has ever argued themselves into being loved. Yeah. It's impossible. Or you even, can argue yourself into someone surrendering because they're weak and they're like, okay, fine, whatever. You, I'm yeah. not going to break up with you. Yeah. But that's that's different. You can never argue yourself into being loved ever in any situation in the history of the human race.
1: Uh, Michelle says that she believes Chris came from a genuine place of concern. Not sure I agree with her there. No, she's but that being nice. he, he was trying to control her decision making. Definitely true. Mm-hmm. And I find this behavior, assuming again it is authentic, alarming. I don't like the idea of a guy providing information or thinking he's warning a woman and then feeling like, okay, thank me now, yeah. prefer me now. That was not asked for. You're not allowed again to use that transactionally. Mm-hmm. He, the entitlement is just seeping out I of him. Agree. Okay. <laughs> so she returns to her date with Nate and tells him that she just sent Chris home.
0: And also, just I just want to add how classy Nate was because many prior contestants in this situation would have gone out and confronted the conversation before it ended, but Nate. Sat back.
1: Well, yeah. And actually it ties into what she says later on this date, which is Nate trusts her to make her own decisions. Like he just sort of lets her do it herself. He knows that she can handle it. She's a big girl. But he's
0: also better than that. He didn't need, he knew. He was confident enough and classy enough to know that he didn't need to go out there and confront that conversation. He just let the cards fall as he knew they (laughs) would.
1: And she tells Nate that their chemistry is undeniable. Unlike anything she's felt before, a pretty huge thing to say.
0: There's conflicting information here, but she just had the best date by far ever in yeah, history. Yeah, perfect with jo, stars
1: aligning date. And
0: now she's feeling this chemistry, best unlike chemistry anything she's ever, ever felt before. before. So now we've got two competing. Issues. She
1: gives Nate the rose and says, "Life with him would be fun and nurturing and caring." Mm-hmm. And they make out while fireworks go off the background. And Andy here, you said, I feel like the one who gets the fireworks is the one who wins.
0: Stand by that.
1: Okay. Still standing by the Nate. We're really torn on Nate versus Joe. Very. But we'll get to our predictions. Michelle says she's very crazy about Nate. And he says he can see himself genuinely wanting to fight for her for the rest of his life. And that's where the date wraps. And my only wish about this date Mm. is that we'd gotten to know him more. That's true. We didn't get to know anything more about Nate on this date. I don't
0: know Nate very well. No. I know he's very tall.
1: We know he's tall. We know he's goofy. He wants to have fun. Sure. What more do we know about him? You know, with Joe, we got to see so much more about his backstory and why he is the way he is. And I just feel like Nate, it's just like.
0: I think what you're getting at is that Nate is one of the few characters on this season where we haven't had a heartache story.
1: No. Most of his date was spent rehashing the Chris stuff. Right. In fact, all of his date, the daytime portion, he had to sort of defend it and talk about it. And then in the evening, Chris came in. Who knows what conversation might have been shown if it weren't for Chris coming in with, with his fanfare. Right, right,
0: right, right. That's true. It just kind
1: of bugged me because yeah. I want to know more about Nate personally. Mm-hmm. OK, so now it's the rose ceremony. Rodney says, this is among some of the greatest group of guys I've ever been around. Oh, Aww. Rodney. It's
0: too bad he's about to get killed.
1: He's not. He makes it through.
0: Yeah, but he's, we know what's going to happen to Rodney <laughs> last 15 minutes.
1: And here we have our fifth word watch. Michelle says, I just wanted to say thank you because you made me feel so seen.
0: That's what we were aiming for.
1: And Rick has one-on-one time. They walk hand in hand through the streets. And she asks if he'd consider moving there. He says he would.
0: <laughs> very, very weak, I would. Oh Unless yeah I, you are. Uh, yeah, convinced. I wasn't convinced. He's was like, oh. Ah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they make out and dance while a blurred out pianist plays in the background.
0: That pianist chose not to be featured on a national show. I respect his decision. That was a bold move. That's a real artist. He's like, no, I don't need this. I don't want this exposure. It's just about the music for me.
1: Yes. This is art. I'm making art. Mm -hmm. And now we have a montage of one-on-one time, first with Brandon. She presents him with a birthday cake. Olumide, Leroy, and Clayton get time, and now Rodney's one-on-one time is shown. She takes him to the roof of the building, the rat, and he loses his shit
0: over and this Rodney's view. never been on a tall building before, ever. His first first tall <laughs> building experience.
1: They make out... It's like the
0: people, they're like (laughs) ants. Look at them, they're small. The cars are not even as big as my pinky nail. This is amazing. He was
1: really losing his shit over what seemed like a pretty average view. Like an
0: average height corporate building (laughs) in an average corporate tall building financial district setting.
1: Yeah. (laughs) And as they make out here, Andy, you pointed out that the body language would suggest she is not that into him romantically.
0: It's so many things. Yeah. She likes Rodney the way we all like Rodney. Yes. As a friend.
1: Yeah. Yes. He can laugh at himself. He's so nice. He's talking about how great all the other guys are. I'm going to
0: make a prediction. Okay. I predict that Rodney in the real world lasts longer than anyone in the cast. She stays in touch with Rodney longer than anyone else. Oh,
1: okay, so not romantically. Rodney
0: will be her friend for longer than whoever wins this show will be her lover.
1: Wow.
0: That's my yeah. prediction. That's the credit I'm giving Rodney. He has been fully friend zoned. Zoned zoned. Friend zoned. Zoned. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I really it's getting, We're getting tired. <laughs> zoned. <laughs> zoned.
1: Okay, now Martin has one-on-one time. This part is very interesting. Mm. He says he struggles with feeling special and then seeing her connect with other people and wondering if she tells other people what she tells him. Mm -hmm. I just thought this was interesting because earlier he so wisely told Chris to not be jealous. Right. Her response is my flashpoint light. Can I say that?
0: So what is that? It's like...
1: Uh yeah, I already know you're not going to approve of this, mm. but it's it is it's a light flashpoint. It mm, is. It's very light. Okay, so she says, "I get analyzing and observing different things, but from what you've seen of me and how I've handled situations, do you think I would blow smoke up your ass?" So my point in pointing this out is because I feel like we live in a time where people tend to not give people the benefit of the doubt, we tend to judge them based on one action or the latest thing, the latest infringement that we find offensive. And then we ignore the iceberg, the body of the iceberg of
0: other behaviors or values. I, I uh, will grant you a flashpoint light on that. Okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I, <laughs> I really made something of this that maybe it wasn't. No,
0: I, I, that's a good point. It's not like an obvious flashpoint, but it's a very nuanced, important flashpoint. It's a very
1: me flashpoint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I, it's something that I have faced in my years of recapping, and I know many people who sort of deal with this on a regular basis. And I just think we live in a time now where we're looking for one thing to change our entire opinion on someone. Yeah. Over,
0: I agree. I Judge on the body of work, not the last Ye- album.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: All right, are you ready?
1: Oh, is this a full flashpoint no, or a no, mini? No, this is a, la- it's light. a light. It's a okay. light.
0: Okay, Okay, ready? Is that all right?
1: Yeah. It was like uh, filled with air.
0: Yeah. It's like a silent fart.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a silent killer. <laughs> a silent. <laughs> silent assassin, silent like Joe. Silent but flashy. Silent but flashing?
0: Si- silent but flashy.
1: I don't know if this was flashy. It the was flash so-
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> so much for that. Anyway, moving on.
1: I'm sorry I missed that. I was yeah. actually, no, I was like, okay. but it wasn't flashy. It was.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because I have great short
1: term memory. <laughs> Things take an interesting turn here when Martin says that he likes that Michelle is not high maintenance and that all the girls in Miami are high maintenance.
0: <laughs> all the low maintenance girls in Miami are like, what you talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah, not a huge fan of when someone paints a broad stroke like this,
0: like of Minneapolis.
1: <laughs> and now, cue villain music. Michelle asks, what makes a woman high maintenance? And he says, expecting someone to do absolutely everything for them. He says, just because a man is a man doesn't mean they have to do everything. And he says that takes the power away from the female. And she asks what makes a woman high-maintenance versus a man's (laughs) high-maintenance-ness.
0: High-maintenosity.
1: High-maintenosity. And he says a man doesn't go into a relationship saying, hey, you're going to take care of me.
0: Oh, that ain't right.
1: Oh, and Michelle rightly raises her eyebrows here and laughs.
0: As she should.
1: Okay. We have to talk about this This for a second. This was
0: more flashpointy to me than than the last well, be, well
1: no the reason it isn't a flashpoint to me is because it never really got addressed like it was just right. her laughing at him it's more point. like up to interpretation I, right. if she had sort of slammed him down here really truly i would have been like yeah flashpoint yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was clear what she thought mm-hmm. i do like that she held him to it she oh, yeah. didn't let him off the hook but what bugs me is when a guy is clearly talking about money yeah like it's obvious that he was talking about finances or like Mm. women feeling they want you know when they date a guy they want to be looked after yeah yeah, taken care of yeah kept if that if you are gonna go out and make that statement Mm -hmm. you'd better be fucking specific
0: yeah agreed
1: and if you don't feel comfortable going there then don't make this statement so many men want to be taken care of In maybe financially, but mostly emotionally in relationships.
0: All men want to be taken care of. The ones who don't end up being taken care of or seeking that are fooling themselves. Yes. They're lying to themselves. They want to be taken care of. In a way, I hate to say it, they want to be mothered a little bit.
1: Yes. Again, that brings us full circle. Yeah. It is so rich for him to say, yeah, men don't do that. And that's why if he wants to talk about money, just fucking talk about money. Don't try to dance around it because all he's doing is shooting himself in well, the foot.
0: Well, he was just digging. Oh. These guys are like. Whoosh.
1: It says something about what he seeks and is getting out of relationships. If he can't imagine how a man wants to be taken care of in a relationship. Mm hmm. It means that he's not becoming emotionally invested to the point where he could be taken care of, and it also says something, uh, maybe about a lot of the women he's dating, where he thinks that all women in Miami are financially high maintenance. And I'm I'm purposely making a point of saying financially because I personally feel that's what he's talking about.
0: Yeah, I it agree. might be an
1: assumption on my part.
0: No, no, no. I agree with you. I think that what Martin did here was was given offhand what he thought was an offhand like just. No big deal compliment yeah, in but, his mind, but he miscalculated on many levels.
1: It's mis- First of all, it's a miscalculation to think that a compliment framed as an insult to an entire city of women, or rather women, all the women in a city, is going to land necessarily as a compliment. You should try at all times to make compliments not involve insulting other people. <laughs>
0: if possible. Yes. yes. I mean, and, and Michelle calls out all bullshit.
1: Yes. So...
0: He was really which
1: is was so satisfying. It's so satisfying to watch her pounce on this because it would be a lot easier to be like, "I know what you mean." I'm yeah. sure that there are girls like that. Like, oh, thank you. I, yeah, I'm not high maintenance. I'm not like those other girls. It would be a lot easier to just wrap it up harmoniously like that.
0: Basically, he he broke the rule that if if you're on the show and you have nothing to say, don't yeah. say anything. Yeah. Don't, don't. He was digging for something there. Yeah. And he ended up digging himself a trench, which <laughs> kept going. <laughs> yes. He was digging himself to China. I mean, that toll kept going. Well,
1: and it, it seems like it will continue to go until episode six.
0: Yeah. Because
1: so, this did not seem resolved.
0: He officially became the villain.
1: Yes, in this moment.
0: Yeah. And then he's, well, you go on. He's talking shit behind your back to the guys. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, Well, first he tries to twist this into a compliment where he says, that's why I decided to come on the show because I know that you're different.
0: Oh, please.
1: That's the reason.
0: That's it. That's the only reason. That's it. <laughs> Martin was sitting home one day watching the show and he said, oh, and Michelle Young is the Bachelorette. And he was like, you know what, Michelle Young, she's different. I want to be on that show because that woman is different. Yeah,
1: I have nothing to gain from going on that show other than meeting her.
0: Yeah. He just like put on his like, (laughs) he ripped off his clothes and put on his Superman outfit and said, I'm going to go save that different woman. (laughs) It has nothing to do with my Instagram, nothing to do with my personal training career. It just has to do with how Michelle Young is different.
1: Yeah. I feel like Martin really, you know, they did talk about his communicating last week. I feel like he probably puts his foot in his mouth a lot. Mm. And the one thing he's gotten good at is realizing when it's happened based on the response. But he's not good at preemptively not putting his foot in his mouth.
0: Mm. His pre-putting foot in mouth game is poor
1: it's how he deals with this moving forward that really gets me because i understand putting your foot in your mouth once in a while and sort of just he admitted he's not a great communicator he can come off condescending all the things he says in his itm that he had tried to go deep and she didn't understand what he meant don't love Mm. that he says he didn't say anything wrong and it was just miscommunication on her part So he likes to play the blame game when he's misunderstood. That is not my favorite trait in the world. No. And then he goes on to vent to the other guys, which just seems idiotic.
0: Yeah, that was just ridiculous.
1: Yeah. And here Olomide says that he thinks Martin is two-faced and that he's one way with the guys and another way with Michelle. And I wrote, notice how quickly we have a new villain. That took no time at all.
0: No time at all.
1: Nope. Nope. Just one day apart.
0: That's right. Chris
1: was sent home most likely the night before.
0: You know what's funny? Martin didn't even know he was the villain at that point.
1: Which he, automatically makes him a little more interesting a as a villain, villain to me. Yeah, I'm giving
0: him credit that he didn't know. He yes. just became the villain organically. Yes. It wasn't manufactured. Yeah. He is now a legitimate villain because he is the villain. He's not trying to be the villain.
1: No, he just has traits that don't work well in the setting yeah. and make him unlikable. <laughs> And now it's respect. Yeah. And now it's starting to add up that he is friends, it would seem, with Chris S and was friends with Jamie.
0: Birds of a feather.
1: Birds of a feather.
0: TV is just an interesting medium. It really can skew your view of someone so So dramatically. Yes, so quickly. Because to be perfectly honest, when I first saw Martin introduced, I judged, there were a lot of things about Martin which I was suspect about. But Martin won me over. I was like, oh, you know what? I was wrong. But now I'm thinking that I wasn't wrong. (laughs) TV fooled me.
1: Yeah. And you know what I like is that you can admit you were wrong.
0: I was wrong, but I was also admitting that I was right in the first place.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say, you know, who can't do that is Martin.
0: Uh, nice yeah yeah
1: yeah can't admit he was wrong it was michelle who misunderstood him
0: that's correct (laughs) it's all her fault
1: (laughs) so what you're saying is that you were led astray by the show and what you're doing is coming back to capture your i told you so
0: right i'm both admitting wrong and telling you i told you so
1: (laughs) okay so now we have our rose ceremony and going home now are casey and leroy I would say the least surprising yeah. axing, but I was still a little sad to see Leroy go because I did want to see yeah. a bit more of him. like
0: a, a spinoff show with Leroy.
1: Yes. So at the end with her toast, Michelle says she's excited to spend a second week in Minnesota with the guys. And that brings us to the end of the episode. Andy, the word watch. Mm-hmm. There were a total of five scenes in this episode. Yeah. I confess I was worried there were going to be more. Me too. Yep.
0: Five is a good number. Five is It's great crooked, number. but it's not too crooked.
1: Yes. And we're 99% sure that there were five scenes. That is true. <laughs> as a
0: caveat. We're, we we tried our best. Yes. But, uh, but forgive us if there yeah. was a scene that went uh, unseen. Yeah.
1: <laughs> And congratulations to Stephanie Mansour. You are the happy winner of very a nice, Manscaped nice. Lawnmower 4.0 and accompanying goodies from Manscaped.
0: Yeah, it's, a good, it's a good gift bag.
1: Please email us to claim your prize at dearshandy@gmail.com at gmail.com by this Friday at midnight mm-hmm. Eastern Time. Mm-hmm. And Andy, for next week, do you have a new word for us?
0: By popular demand, I am bringing back vulnerable.
1: Oh, okay.
0: I have heard it too many times Yep, for it not to come back yeah. as a word watch of the year. <laughs> Michelle loves to use the word vulnerable. She loves it. Yep, Loves it.
1: Yes. Okay. So next week, in case you're new around here and you want to play the word watch game and attempt to win a...
0: Hello, Tushy Bidet. Yay, the Hello Tushy yeah, is back. back. It's yeah, back, baby. Yeah.
1: If you want to try and win Hello, Tushy Bidet, you can enter by guessing the number of times you think the word vulnerable will be uttered.
0: Yeah, it's not easy to say this word, <laughs> which is amazing how many times she it rolls off her tongue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. <laughs>
1: Okay, so you can guess the number of times you will hear the word vulnerable be uttered in episode six. Mm-hmm. So the next episode, and you guess by writing the, the numeral of that number, either below this YouTube video or on the Instagram post for this, this episode, this current episode you're watching right now or listening to, and that's at Dear Shandy on Instagram. And if you guess correctly, you will automatically be entered in a draw, and we will randomly select one name, and that person will win a Hello Tushy bidet. <laughs> Struggling today.
0: Uh, you're, you're getting there. You're almost there.
1: <laughs> okay, and you must submit, by the way, your guess by this Friday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. Yes. Which Word means watch is a strict operation. It is a strict operation. We'll play games. Yeah, here. yeah. Okay, Andy, that brings us to our predictions. Mm-hmm. Do you want to discuss it all or do you want to make this quick?
0: I'm going to just call my predictions from now on Jate. <laughs> but but if I must, yeah, I'm going to stick to my guns and I'm going to say Nate's going to win.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I'm going with Nate because you know what? I think I've thought about this a lot. Okay. And even though my gut tells me, Joe, my heart. Wait, is your heart and your gut the same thing? No, I think your gut and your heart operate differently. And then I think head. it's usually
1: your head and your heart. Your
0: head, heart, and gut. I think there's three decision makers in your body. Oh. You're, yeah. I totally believe that. It's your gut, which is the thing you physically feel like when you're like a decision, like you feel yeah. like a little sick. Yeah. Then your heart is where you're emotionally like, oh.
1: Your gut is like your intuition.
0: Your yeah. heart is with your emotions. Your gut is your body. It's your fight or flight. It's like, do this yeah, yeah, or yeah. bad things will happen. Yeah. Your heart is more like, but I really like this <laughs> yeah. and I don't like this. And your mind is pragmatic. Yeah, if yeah, there this. will be
1: repercussions for doing that. This right. is what would happen if I followed my gut.
0: Yes. Yeah. I think we we got my this. Heart. We we nailed this one. <laughs> so, my gut's telling me, Joe. Okay. But my heart and my mind. Well, actually just my heart. I think my mind and my gut is saying, Joe. But okay. But my heart is no. I'm going to say this again. <laughs> Sorry. Redo. My heart and my gut is saying, Joe, but uh-huh. my mind is saying, Nate. I think that Michelle has a choice. Yeah. She she can choose between passion, which I see as Joe, oh, and fun, which I see as Nate. Okay. And I think Michelle's going to choose fun because she talks about how she loves the fun that her parents still have together. Yeah. After Fifty. She has mentioned that marriage. a lot. The yeah.
1: laughter, and we do see we do see light moments between her and Nate. Mm-hmm. So I still have Joe in my top spot, and I can admit that my judgment might be clouded by my personal affection for Joe. I'm going to get that out of the way, but I see it slightly differently. I see the chemistry, the what do you call it, the passion. Mm-hmm. I see that a bit more with Nate. Like I think she wants to bone Nate.
0: I think she wants to bone both of them pretty much No,
1: she definitely wants to bone both of them. But I think that the makeouts with Nate are a little more like, with, like you wish they probably want to get a room somewhere. Well, with Nate's- Joe, I think it's more like, wow, this is something really special. I feel really connected to you.
0: Oh, wow. That's really in-depth <laughs> kissing analysis.
1: Well, I think if she had to pick just sex, just sex, unattached sex with one or the other, she would pick Nate. But I think she feels more of a cerebral emotional connection to joe and i picture michelle being the pragmatic kind of person who would follow her mind hmm. in that sense. i think
0: you are being swayed by, by my own by tastes. nate's incredible kissing skills
1: that, which they are incredible we've She's been talking about her them for, great kiss yes yeah
0: but but joe is giving her that he you, I, I feel the passion from joe
1: okay well i mean joe is my number one
0: he is your okay. Name.
1: Well, in conclusion, we it's clearly between these two. Yeah, and we're it's a toss up because Nate is obviously in my second spot, and Joe is in your second spot. Mm-hmm. Jate. Jate. All right, <laughs> in third, who do you have, Andy? In third,
0: I'm going with. Uh, I'm going with. Um...
1: <laughs> do you Just remember? So
0: everyone knows that I do think of these on the spot. <laughs> No, I don't think of them on. I just <laughs> forgot. I forgot who I thought of.
1: <laughs> so who is it?
0: Um, so we've got, we've got Brandon. Yeah. We've got Rick.
1: Yeah. Rodney.
0: Uh. <laughs> no. I'm going Rick. Okay. I'm going Seasick Rick. Okay. Yeah. Because I believe firmly that Brandon is more of a plaything. Okay. I don't think she's serious about Brandon. I think she wants to things with Brandon (laughs) but I don't know if she wants to really spend her life with Brandon
1: yeah I think she's got surprising chemistry with Brandon and that has him in my third spot because the cutoff for fantasy suites is three not Mm. four so I agree with you and it's because I agree with you that I have Brandon in my third spot that's the
0: kind of inside information that I didn't have
1: (laughs) and Andy who do you have in your fourth spot then Brandon I assume yes okay and I have Rick in my fourth spot okay I still don't really see it with Rick. I think she just likes his personality-ish.
0: It's a curious relationship with It is with a curious...
1: Re- I got to say, it's a curious relationship with everyone other than Nate and Joe. Do you feel we can wrap there on I this do. recap? I
0: do, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> this recap definitely. was a,
1: a Looney bins recap. <laughs>
0: <sighs>
1: yeah. Well, I mean, it reflects how we feel about this episode. We liked parts of it. We're a little pooped.
0: Yeah, I'm entering a very... In different phase, which I found happens in the, in the middle of seasons, as yeah. i discussed.
1: Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like I know exactly what the next two to two and a half episodes are going to look like. Yeah. She's going to have one-on-ones with Clayton and with Brandon. And we're going to yep. get to hear a bit more about them. We're certainly going to figure out why Clayton becomes Bachelor. And we're going to get more from Brandon that would suggest that he is sort of in the running or something's going on. But it's all just going to be distraction from the fact that this is between Nate and Joe. And I could kind of skip all that. I'm good. I'm with you. Yeah. But let's not end on a negative note. No. (laughs)
0: show (laughs) Show. more show
1: if you enjoyed what you heard today you can keep dear shandy in business by liking subscribing hitting the notification bell following us on instagram telling your friends leaving us apple podcast ratings and reviews that one's huge that are good that are good preferably (laughs) preferably positive five-star reviews that would Mm, be lovely and generally doing all the things you would do to support a podcast you enjoy and consume And on that note, I think that's a wrap. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye.
0: Dear Shandy.